Section 15 of The Training of a Forester by Gifford Pinchot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Training The length of time which his training is to take and the particular courses of instruction which he shall pursue are to the young man contemplating the study of forestry matters of the first importance. The first thing to insist on in that connection is that the training must be thorough. It is natural that a young man should be eager to begin his life work and therefore somewhat impatient of the long grind of a thorough schooling. But however natural, it is not the part of wisdom to cut short the time of preparation. When the serious work of the trained forester begins later on, there will be little or no time to fill the gaps left at school, and the earnest desire of the young forester will be that he had spent more time in his preparation rather than less. In this matter I speak as one who has gathered a conviction from personal experience and believes he knows. It would be useless to attempt to strike an average of the work prescribed in the courses given at the various forest schools. I shall describe, therefore, not an average system of instruction, but one which, in the judgment of men entitled to an opinion, and in my own judgment, is sound, practical, and effective. Forest schools may roughly be divided between those which do not prepare men for professional work in forestry and those which do. The latter may be divided, again, into undergraduate schools and graduate schools. Most of the former offer a four-year undergraduate course, and their students receive their degrees at the same time as other members of the university who entered at the same time with them. The graduate schools require a college degree, or its equivalent in certain subjects, before they will receive a student. The men who have completed their courses have usually, therefore, pursued more extensive and more advanced studies in forestry, are better trained, and are themselves older and more ready to accept the responsibilities which forestry brings upon them. For these reasons, the graduate school training is by far the more desirable, in my opinion. The subjects required for entrance to a graduate forest school should include at least one full year in college botany, covering the general morphology, histology, and physiology of plants, one course each in geology, physics, inorganic chemistry, zoology, and economics, with mathematics through trigonometry, and a reading knowledge of French or German. Some acquaintance with mechanical drawing is also desirable, but not absolutely necessary. Other courses which are extremely desirable, if not altogether essential, are mineralogy, meteorology, mechanics, physical geography, organic chemistry, and possibly calculus, which may be of use in timber physics. One or two forest schools begin their course of training for the first year in July instead of in October, in order to give their students some acquaintance with the woods from the forester's standpoint before the more formal courses begin. The result of this plan is to give increased vividness and reality to all the courses which follow the work in the woods, to make clear the application of what is taught, and so to add greatly to the efficiency of the teaching. In addition to this preliminary touch with the woods, any wise plan of teaching will include many forest excursions and much practical field work as vitally important parts of the instruction. This outdoor work should occur throughout the whole course, winter and summer, and in addition, the last term of the senior year may well be spent wholly in the woods, where the students can be trained in the management of logging operations and milling and get their final practice work in surveying and map making in preparing forest working plans, estimating timber, laying out roads and trails, making plans for lumber operations, and other similar practical work. Several of the best forest schools have adopted this plan. The regular courses of a graduate forest school usually cover a period of two years. 
they should fit a student for nearly every phase of professional work in forestry and should give him a sound preparation not merely for practical work in the woods but also for the broader work of forest organization in the government service in the united states and in the philippines and in the service of the states for handling large tracts of private forest lands for expert work in the employ of lumbermen and other forest owners for public speaking and writing for teaching and for scientific research every well-equipped forest school will have a working library of books pamphlets and lumber journals published here and abroad an herbarium at least of native trees and shrubs and of the more important forest herbs together with a collection of forest tree fruits and seeds and specimens of domestic and foreign timbers exhibits showing the uses of woods and the various forms of tools used in lumbering as well as the apparatus for laboratory work and surveying and forest instruments for work in the field are often of great value to the student what should a young man learn at a forest school doubtless there will be some variation of opinion as to the exact course of study which will best fit him for the work of a forester in the united states the following list expresses the best judgment on the subject i have been able to form dendrology the first step in forestry is to become acquainted with the various kinds of trees the coming forester must learn to identify the woody plants of the united states both in summer and in winter he must understand their shapes and outward structures and where they are found and he must begin his knowledge of the individual habits of growth and life which distinguish the trees which are important in forestry forest physiography trees grow in the soil it is important to know something of the origin of soils and their properties and values and of the principal soil types with special reference to their effect upon plant distribution and welfare the origin nature value and conservation of humus that most essential ingredient of the forest floor the field methods of mapping soil types the rock types most important in their relation to soils how they are made up how they make soil and where they occur something should be learned of all this finally under this head the student ought to get a usable knowledge of the physiographic regions of the united states their boundaries geologic structure topography drainage and soils all this naturally with special reference to the relation between these basic facts and the forest silviculture silviculture is the art of caring for forests and therefore the backbone of forestry it is based upon silvics which is the knowledge of the habits or behaviors of trees in their relations to light heat and moisture to the air and soil and to each other it is the facts embraced in silvics which explain the composition character and form of the forest the success or failure of tree species in competition with each other the distribution of trees and of forests the development of each tree in height diameter and volume its form and length of life the methods of its reproduction and the effect of all these upon the nature and the evolution of the city of trees and upon forest types and their life histories this is knowledge the forester cannot do without silvix is the foundation of his professional capacity and as a student he can better afford to scamp any part of his training rather than this a man may be a poor forester who knows silvix but no man can be a good forester who does not the practice of silviculture has to do with the treatment of woodlands the forest student must learn the different methods of reproducing forests by different methods of cutting them down and the application of these methods in different american forest regions there are also many methods of cutting for the improvement of the character and growth of forests as well as for utilizing material that otherwise would go to waste before the final reproduction cuttings can be made 
the ways in which forests need protection are equally numerous and of these by far the most important in our country have to do with methods of preventing or extinguishing forest fires well-managed forests are handled under working plans based on the silvical character and silvicultural needs of the forest as well as upon the purpose set by the owner as the object of management which is often closely related to questions of forest finance the student should ground himself thoroughly in the making of silvicultural working plans and the more practice in making them he can get the better so too with the marking of trees in reproduction and improvement cuttings under as many different kinds of forest conditions as may be possible the artificial reproduction of forests is likely to occupy far more of the forester's attention in the future than it has in the past hence the collection of tree seeds their fertility and vitality as affecting their handling the best methods of seeding and planting and the lessons of past failures and successes with the whole subject of nursery work and the care of young plantations must by no means be overlooked much incidental information on the subject of forest protection will come to the student in the course of his studies but special attention should be given to learning which of the species of forest insects are most injurious to forest vegetation how their attacks are made how they may be discovered and the best ways by which such attacks can be mitigated or controlled so also the diseases of timber trees will repay hard study the principal fungi which causes such diseases should be known how they attract the trees and what are the remedies as well as although this is far less important the way to treat tree wounds and the correct methods of pruning forest economics forest economics is a large subject it deals with the productive value of forests to their owners and with the larger question of their place in the economy of the nation it considers their use as conservers of the soil and the streams their effect on climate locally as in the case of windbreakers and on a larger scale and their contribution to the public welfare as recreation grounds and game refuges it includes a knowledge of wastes from which the forests suffer and the consequent loss to industry and to the public and in this it does not omit the effects of forest fires statistics of forest consumption the relation of the forest to railroads mines and other wood using industries its effect upon agriculture stock raising and manufacturing industries and its effect upon the use of the streams for navigation power irrigation and domestic water supply all these are important the student should consider also the forest resources of the united states the present condition and the needs they must be fitted to supply forest engineering forest engineering is steadily becoming more and more necessary to the forester he must have a working knowledge of the use of surveying instruments the making of topographic surveys the office work required of an engineer the making of topographic maps the location of trails roads and railroads and the construction of bridges telephone lines cabins and fences together with logging railroads slides dams and flumes forest mensuration forest mensuration the art of measuring the contents and growth of trees and forest stands is of fundamental importance the principles and methods of timber estimating the actual measurement of standing timber log rules the making of stem analyses to show the increase of a tree in diameter height and volume the construction of tables of current and mean annual growth per acre and per tree and the methods of using the information thus formulated all these are necessarily of keen interest to the man who later on will have to apply his knowledge in the practical management of woods forest management 
Forest management is concerned with the principles involved in planning the handling of forests. Questions of the valuation of forests form a most essential part of it. Such questions as the cost of growing timber crops, the value of land for that purpose, the value of young timber, the valuation of damage to the forest, and the legal status of the damage and the remedy. Business principles are as necessary in the management of forests as in the management of mills or farms. These business principles work out in different forms of forest policy adapted to the needs of different kinds of owners, such as lumbermen and the government. What the young forester has learned about growth and yield, about timber estimates and forest statistics and many other matters, all finds its application in forest management. He must also consider the methods and principles for regulating the cut of timber or for securing sustained annual yields. All this forms the basis for the preparation of working plans for the utilization of forests under American economic and silvicultural conditions, not only without injury but with benefit to their continued productiveness. The subjects of forest surveying and working plans are intimately related. Maps are indispensable in the practical work of making a forest working plan. Topographic mapping, timber estimating, forest description, and the location of logging roads, trails, and fire lines, together with silvics and a knowledge of growth and yield, these and many other subjects enter into the making of a practical working plan to harvest a forest crop and secure a second growth of timber. The student should get all the practice he can in marking timber for cutting under such a plan. The young forester must make himself familiar with the administration of the national forests. He must know how the business of the forest is handled, how it is protected against fire, how the timber is sold, how claims and entries are dealt with under the public land laws, how land in the national forests is used to make homes, how trespass is controlled, how the livestock industry on the national forests is fostered and regulated, and how the extremely valuable watersheds they contain are safeguarded and improved. The Practice of Forestry the practice of forestry is necessarily different in different kinds of forests and under different economic conditions. All that the forester knows must here be applied, and applied in workable fashion, not only to the forest but to the men who use the forest. This is peculiarly true of the practice of forestry in national and state forests everywhere. Forest Products under this general subject, the forest student must acquaint himself, through the microscope, with a minute anatomy of the woody stem of coniferous and broadleaf trees, and the occurrence, form, structure, and variability of the elements which make it up. He should become familiar with the methods of classifying the economic woods of the United States, both under the microscope and with the unassisted eye, and for this purpose should know something of their color, gloss, grain, density, odor, and resonance both as aids to identification and as to their importance in giving value to the wood, the defects of timber, its moisture content, density, shrinking, checking, warping, and the effect of all these upon its uses. The chemical composition of wood and of minor forest products, such as tannins and dye stuffs, is important. The properties governing the fuel value and the other values of wood must be studied, as well as the methods of using these properties in the making of charcoal and wood pulp in wood distillation, the turpentine industry, in tanning and dyeing, and in other industries. A field of great importance is the relation between the physical structure and the mechanical properties of wood. A student should inform himself concerning the standard methods of testing the properties of structural timber by bending, compression, shearing, torsion, 
impact and the hardness and tension tests with their relation to heat and moisture and the methods of seasoning the use of preservatives and the effect of the rate of application of the load woods vary as to their durability it is important therefore to know about the causes of decay the decay resisting power of various woods the relation of moisture content to durability why the seasoning of wood is effective the theory and the commercial methods of wood preservation and its relation to the timber supply lumbering lumbering the forester should know more than a little about as how to organize lumber operations the equipment and management of logging and milling in various forest regions the manufacture seasoning and grading of the rough and finished lumber cost keeping in a lumber business methods of sale market requirements at home and abroad prices the relation of the lumber tariff to forestry lumber associations timber bonds and insurance the practical construction of logging equipment such as aerial tramways log slides dams and flumes is of peculiar importance and so are the conditions and changes of the lumber market experience on the land of some operating lumber company is of great value it should include a study of logging methods log scaling waste in logging the equipment and handling of the mill the sawing and care of rough and finished lumber its grading and so far as possible an acquaintance with wood working plants of various kinds and with the operations of turpentine orcharding studies along these lines may with advantage be almost indefinitely extended to include for example the utilization of steam machinery for logging the improvement of streams for driving logs and other similar questions forest law the forester must have at least a slight acquaintance with forest law both state and national it is important to know something of the general principles of classifying the public lands of state laws for fire protection the development of forest policies in the various states as legally expressed and the important laws which govern the creation and management of state forest reserves forest taxation state and local which has when excessive so much to do with hastening forest destruction is one of the most important questions which can engage the attention of the forester under the subject of federal forest law it is not sufficient for the student to acquaint himself with those laws alone which govern the forests he must also have some knowledge of the creation of a forest policy out of the public land policy of the united states some acquaintance with the public land laws a good working knowledge of the laws and regulations governing the national forests is indispensable and the student should at least know where to find the more important court decisions by which they are interpreted forest history the history of forestry in europe has a certain importance in throwing light on our own forest history and its probable development and this is especially true of the history of the administration of government forest lands and of education in forestry the history of forestry in the united states however is far more important the forester must know the story of the growth and change of national forest organizations the forest officers and their duties the cost size and effectiveness of the government forest service at different times the civil service regulations under which it is recruited and other similar matters it is important likewise for him to become thoroughly saturated with an intimate knowledge of the development of forestry and public opinion in the united states its extension to the other natural resources through the conservation policy and the relation of the forester's point of view thus expressed to the present welfare and future success of the nation it is not always possible for the forest student to become a woodsman before entering his profession but it is most desirable a forester must be able to travel the forest alone by day and by night he should be a good fisherman and a good hunter which is far more important than to be a good shot 
and deeply interested in both fish and game the better horseman he is the better forester he will be and especially if he can pack and handle pack horses in the woods so that whether the young forester begins with a practical knowledge of woodcraft or not he must not fail to acquire or improve it for without it he will endanger the whole success of his career some knowledge of first aid to the injured is likely to be of great and sudden value to a man so much of whose life must be spent in the woods at a distance from medical aid the time spent in getting information on this subject will be anything but wasted english the ability to write and to speak good plain understandable english is a prime requisite in the forester's training it is a part of education frequently neglected especially by those in engineering or scientific pursuits yet its importance for the forester is very large as already pointed out the forester is on the firing line of the conservation movement he is pioneering in a new profession for this reason he will often need to explain his stand and convert others to his beliefs in addition he must make available to others the results he secures from the study of new facts a usable command of his own language will stand him in good stead whether he needs to talk face to face with another man or from a platform to a concourse of people or to put into readable printed form the results of his observations or his thinking when the young forester has completed the courses of his school training in america the question may be raised whether he should supplement his training by study abroad i am strongly of the opinion that he should do so if he can study abroad is not indispensable for the american forester but it can do him nothing but good to see in practical operation the methods of forestry which have resulted from the long experience of other lands and especially to become familiar with the effect of sound forestry on the forest end of section fifteen end of the training of a forester by gifford pinchot